Hello and greetings to each of you this day. I am your host of the Being Love in Action podcast, Reverend Kenya C. Williams, the agent of love. Yes, listen, I am your favorite grace girl, the daughter of the King of Kings and a disciple and lover of Jesus Christ. And I invite you to walk with me today as I share a word of encouragement. So grab your coffee or have a sip of tea with me while being encouraged, empowered, and even challenged as we learn through the gospel of Jesus Christ, the life applications of what it truly means to being love in action. Yes, 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 yes. It is that time again. I missed you guys so much. It is always an honor and a pleasure to be back amongst my Being Love in Action podcast family. Man, we are growing and I give God all of the honor, all of the glory and all of the praise. I just want to celebrate you guys right now. Can I celebrate you? Can we celebrate each other? Let's celebrate right now. Clap. Yes, 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 yes. I celebrate you guys. I cheer you on. Woo! Yes. Listen, it is an amazing, amazing, amazing time right now. And you may say, amazing. What is she talking about? You know, I, I will say this. Before we get into anything, even with all the great things I want to say, I want us to also let us be in prayer um, for our brothers and sisters all around in, in, in the Texas region here in the United States who um, were devastated with the winter storm that recently hit last week um, with lights, power being out. Um, people have unfortunately lost their lives because of this frost and this frigid weather that hit um, a place where just normally not prepared or even thinking of some of this kind of weather. And so definitely we want to be in prayer for all of those who were affected by this unfortunate um, natural disaster. And of course, those of you who are um, in other areas that may have been impacted and maybe we didn't hear about it um, on the news as we heard in Texas, but please know that we are praying for and with you. And of course, I will um, commend everyone to reach out to those areas, to your local uh, charities and even places like the um, Red Cross to see how you can help our brothers and sisters um, in this time of need. So definitely we want to continue to keep those in prayer who have been impacted by the winter storms here in America and other places around the world, if you know. And, and one thing we always was, would I would always like to remind everyone here. Um, and at the end of the podcast, I'll give you all the information of how you can reach us. But definitely, if there's things that are going on in your country or wherever you live or with family members and friends, we want to stand in prayer with you and, um, just be there however we can. So please make sure that you email us and let us know. And, and you know, um, we do encourage people to leave comments. Of course, you can put things in the comments and we will definitely get back with you and let you know that we're praying for and with you. Okay, so thank you guys. And let's always continue to remember to pray for one another. Amen. Listen, yes, I'm excited. It has been um, a, a minute before since we have been back. Of course, we had to regroup and, and begin to prepare for the new year, which we're in 2021. So I'm excited just to be here. This podcast is growing and I give God all of the glory and all of the praise. Man, we are now almost at 9K, 9,000 downloads and listens to the podcast. We're almost at eight thousand or 8k followers and so um we just thank god i just thank god um i do not dare care about you know when i started the podcast and many of you have heard me share this testimony before and um i recently did an interview 
Um, and I shared it on this interview. And um, recently, it was last Friday, I did an interview. Um, and one of the things I shared with them was how God is moving um, through the Being Love in Action podcast, which is two years now, two years and almost six months, um, not six months, two years and five, well, I can say six months, um, two years old, okay? When I started the podcast, as many of you know, and if, you, if you're if you a new listener, welcome to the Being Love in Action podcast, and I'll just share this right quick before we get into the word, but I think it's important because I, I, I shouted out or I, I gave honor to God for the numbers. When I started the podcast, I knew nothing about podcasting. And one of the things that God said, I said, who's going to listen to me? I don't know all these people, you know, but God said for me to do it. And so I was obedient and I started out. I had about 34 people that was following me. And I had about, you know, in my first year, about 1600 um, downloads. Those are the actual listener listens. So people will listen to you more than they'll follow you, right? You'll have more, maybe what I'm seeing, uh, the trend is that you'll you'll have more people that are really listening than you have that are following you. And I, I thank God for both, but I really thank God for those that are listening because that is the message of the gospel that that God has given me to do. And so I'm always humbly, humbly grateful when I know of others wanting to hear what God is saying through me to share with them. And so um, I had no idea. I, I just said, God, and I remember I said, God, well, the first day of release, if, if you know, this was maybe after the first year or so. And I said, God, if you would just allow 20 people to listen to the podcast and the first day it's released. And then and, and I tell you, the first day that I released the podcast now, I may have anywhere from 80 to 100 people that listen on that day. I mean, that is crazy to me. And I don't do any major, um, honestly, I don't do any major um, advertising dollars. I don't have advertising dollars to send out to, you know, how you see all of the Facebook ads. I just share on Facebook and, and my social media. And, and I, you know, if you if you had to gauge my success in my podcast based off of my Instagram followers. I only have like 60, 60, 60, I think, Instagram followers on the Being Love in Action podcast. And of course, I'm sharing with you because you guys have made this happen. Um, I have almost 9,000 downloads and 8,000 listeners almost. So I'm saying that to say that don't always gauge the success of something based on what you see. Because again, if you look at my Instagram for the Being Love in Action podcast, we only have 66 followers. But I honestly do delete because it is a public page. But I get a lot of people sometimes that are soliciting witchcraft and things like that. And I delete them. I delete them. Um, and then, you know, so I'm saying to you is that I want to encourage you Um as I continue to encourage myself, is that if God has given you an assignment to do something, do it. Don't be concerned about numbers and those things, because if it's truly God, he will bring the increase. And watch this. Maybe the increase may not be thousands. It may just be for those people who God wants you to hear. And you just have to be willing to walk and do Walk through the process regardless. So I'm I'm so grateful and I'm grateful to all of you who are continuing to listen. I know um, many of you probably haven't listened because they haven't had a new podcast in the last uh, two months. And I again, it was a hiatus. We had to just kind of regroup and prepare for the new year. And, and I had to hear from God and listen. And so always know um, when I do these podcasts, um, the Being Loving Action podcast is a real thing and it is part of my life. And so I won't just get up here and give you anything. I want to make sure that it is God inspired and it is something for you now. So again, I'm so excited and I thank each and every one of you for sharing the podcast and those who are coming back week after week and listening. And for those who have gotten caught up on all the podcasts, I thank you guys for doing that as well. And so on today, I want to get into this 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 word of encouragement on today. Um, I know that um, it's a lot going on in the world, right? 
And so as we are looking at what's happening in the world, um, what's happening, we know Corona, the COVID-19, a coronavirus is still um, the topic of the news now, even though there's vaccines. And so people are getting vaccinated and hopefully we'll begin to see a, a downfall in spite of uh, a turnaround, um, in spite of these new strains and all these other things, we're seeing natural disasters and all of these natural phenomenons that are happening that are devastating the world, not just America, but all over the world, right? We're seeing uh, evidence of what the Word of God talks about in, in many of the things that are going to happen in the last days or what is our last days. Because, of course, um, when the Bible was written um, over 2,000 years ago, many of those who were writing, they were speaking to that nation or that generation at that time, which many times was the last thing. Because remember, a lot of things that we see now, we are seeing it to probably to the to the detriment of it. But nothing is new under the sun, if that makes sense. So the sins that we see now, they were sins then. They were just more, uh, were not as tolerated as they were now and perhaps not as infiltrated as they were into society as they are now because, of course, the world has changed. Many times God has been taken out of the world uh, and out of context. So we have people now just living aimlessly with no no real um, foundation. And so... How, you know, today God gave me this word, um, not today, but today he didn't give me the word today. Uh, but what I'm saying is on today, we're going to talk about the power of trusting Jesus Christ. And as we talk about the power of trusting Jesus Christ, I ask you the question, how do you trust Christ? When you're trying to push through the pain. How do you trust Christ when you're trying to push through the pain? So that's the question I want to be in your minds. Because I'm going to give you three components or three foundational components that will help you navigate through this thing we call life in these moments that we're trying to process through the pain. And how we're going to do that is by trusting Jesus Christ. And so I give to you and say to you that there is power even in the pain of trusting Jesus Christ. And today I want us to look at the book of John, the Apostle John, 13th chapter. And I'm going to read the verses 1 through 17. And I'm reading from the New International Version translation, okay? And it's talking about when Jesus is washing his disciples' feet. Verse 1 says, It was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The evening meal was in progress and the devil had already prompted Judas. The son of Simon Iscariot to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power. I want you to remember that. And that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the mill, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. Verse 6, he came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? And Jesus replied, do you do not realize now what I'm doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then Lord, Simon Peter replied, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. Verse 10, Jesus answered, those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean. And you are clean, though not every one of you, for he knew who was going to betray him. And that was why he said not everyone was clean. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you? He asked him. Verse 13. This is Jesus speaking. 
And Jesus says, you call me teacher and Lord and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet and you also should wash, he says, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. I'm going to repeat verse 17 again. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. And may the word of the Lord always be blessed and do exactly what it has been sent out to do. Amen. So that is the word. So we're looking at John 13 verses 6, 1, I'm sorry, through 17. And I want us to look at verse 7. It says, Jesus replied, you do not realize now what I'm saying, but later you will understand. The background is this is the last meal. Jesus gets up in verse four. He takes off his outer clothing and wraps it around his waist. And then in verse five, he poured water in a basin and he begins to wash the feet of his disciples. Now, when you look at this act, what Jesus is doing, first of all, you got to understand when Peter begins to interject, when Jesus says, when Peter says, what are you doing? You know, um, why are you, you know, and I'm paraphrasing it. What are you doing, Lord? You shouldn't wash my feet, you know. And um, the reason why he's saying this to Jesus, first of all, the washing of the feet was something that a, a house servant did. So as the guests come in, the house servant washes their feet. It was it was a lowly job, but it was it was considered a lowly job because you were literally washing the dirt off of people's feet. OK, remember, they the, the attire in that day was were open toe sandals and most people walked a lot. They were not paved grounds or uh, roads put in. There were dirt roads. And so even if you had a, a chariot or you had a horse or a donkey, what, whatever you used, your feet were going to get dirty period. That's just the normal. So that was something that a house servant did. And so Jesus now begins to take on the character. He's character building with the disciples. Now he's done this all the while, but this part was so significant because he was preparing for what was to come. This is considered also what was happening at the last meal. This was right before Jesus was getting ready to go through the process of him be, get, getting ready to be crucified. Okay. And if you're listening um, and you want to read a little bit more about this, again, this is John, the 13th chapter. Um, the 13th chapter. So Jesus is now character building with the disciples. Uh, if you remember, he's already said that the enemy had already come in in the midst of his disciples and had already set out to do what he was going to do with Judas. As we know, if you are a believer in Christ, most of us know the story of Judas is the one who betrayed Jesus Christ. He sold Jesus for some coins to his enemies. Okay. Now remember, Jesus never did anything, but this was part of the plan for salvation for mankind. So Jesus begins to do this character building during a time when on his mind, he knew that he was facing, he was getting ready to face imminent death. He was also under the understanding that someone that he called a disciple was betraying him. We're talking about pushing through the pain and trusting Christ. Well, Jesus Christ is the one I'm talking about. We are, we are um, looking at as trusting, but here Jesus had to trust God in the process of his pain. Jesus was pushing through his pain even when it was imminent death. Oh my God. Can you believe that? He knew what was coming and he had to push through the pain and keep his assignment. He had to push through the pain and also deliver others. Isn't it amazing that when we think about the character of Christ, we got to think about how we model the very model of the servant. Oh, 
beloved of God, the very first component I want us to look at is, remember we're talking about the power of trusting Christ and how do we trust in Christ helps us to push through the pains of life. And I said to you, I'm going to give you three components, three requirements, three foundational principles that will help you in your everyday life. And if you grasp these three components, you'll be able to do exactly what Jesus Christ did while he was pushing through his pain. Because I want you to understand that Jesus, even though he was a deity, he was also in man form. And so he had to experience the pains that you and I feel. That's why it talks about, you know, Jesus, it says that he is, there was no temptation or nothing that he has not experienced to help us understand why he loves us so much. Jesus Christ is the only God. And if you ever had to study other religions and other gods, that he's the only one that sacrificed himself for mankind. I've said that before and I'll say it again. Study any other religion you want to study. Jesus Christ is the only God that required a, a sacrifice of himself. The blood sacrifice was Jesus himself, not mankind. Okay, I just want to put that in. So the first character requirement, the first thing I want us to understand is that Jesus is the model servant. And the very first thing you have to have or the component of, of the trusting of Jesus Christ is you got to model Jesus Christ's character. You have to have a character trait of Christ. Why is that important? Let's look at the text. Understand, feet washing was a servant's job. Who washed the feet of the guests as they entered the house, like I said before. Washing the disciples' feet showed them that even as a leader, Jesus was a servant. And servantship is how you develop discipleship. And Jesus says it. He says, let me see, I'm sorry, I, I hit it. When he says to them, to, to, to the disciples, he says, and he goes down and he talks about, he says, very truly in verse 16, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. And he said, now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. He was setting up for them. How can he tell them to be like him if he didn't take the position of a lowly servant in order to be a blessing to them? See, he was physically washing their feet, which was a physical outward symbol of them, um, of Jesus literally preparing them. Jesus was literally preparing them for what was to come and how he was doing it by being the example. Remember, discipleship, like I said, imitates the life and teachings of the master. So by washing their feet, Jesus was demonstrating to them the character of Christ and also imparting into them what was necessary for them to continue on with the discipleship character. We got to be able to put ourselves in what some may consider to be a low position, but demonstrates humility. So I'll ask you this question in your own life right now today, if you're honest, have you been demonstrating the character of Christ? Are you a person that looks out for those who are less fortunate than you? Or do you just help those who are in need? Or are you a person that only sees yourself as in this high place that others have to serve you? Now, listen, I understand we all have positions. Some of us are on our jobs with managers, with supervisors. Some of us are CEOs. You know, we have employees under our feet. Even as parents, even as, you know, um, those who are in leadership within the body of Christ, 
even in leadership, even in management on your job, in your church or your, your, your community, whatever it is, there should always be, if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, where you follow the model of Christ in service. You should always be able to be humble and serving others, even though you are a leader. That is what true discipleship is all about. And so if you are a follower of Christ, how can you trust him if you are not modeling him in your life? So I go back to the question that I asked. How do you model Christ and be able to push through the pain if you're not trusting him? And you cannot trust someone truly if you're not able to do what they do. Mm, that's a thought, right? So the first requirement of the first trait is that we have to have the character trait of Christ. We have to have that model servant that Jesus showed us. And remember, in verse 17, he says, you're blessed if you do them. Amen? So that's the first one. Model Jesus Christ in your character. Am I saying be perfect? Absolutely not. The Bible reminds us that even, you know, we all fall. We all have our moments where we're going to not always do everything right. We're not going to always say things right. But the but is because of the Holy Spirit that lives in us as followers of Jesus Christ, that Holy Spirit is what I call the guilt checker, right? When you feel that guilt, you know you have done something that you shouldn't have done. You always have the opportunity to get it right. And that means to repent. You may not always have the opportunity to go back to the person maybe because you know maybe it was somebody while you were driving and you had a moment of road rage where you gave them the, the, the bird or something you flipped the finger at them come on you know we keep it very real on this podcast because we deal with real life situations I can't tell you through the word of God how I make it or how you can make it if we don't live in the reality of what we deal with every day so yes character of Christ when we mess up, we can repent. And then that means we are purposing to go forward and try to be better. And Jesus watched this. And this is what I want you to catch. Jesus washed all of the disciples feet, even Judas. Now, remember, Jesus knew that Judas was going to betray him. Judas was his enemy. Can you wash the feet of your enemy? Now, that is a, a, a physical trait but I'm talking about in a metaphoric way can you honestly someone you know have done something as as bad as Judas did he betrayed him can you wash the feet of your your enemy you don't have to answer it I just want you to think about that can you model Christ's behavior now what I'm saying is that may not be the situation every time but can you do that that's just a thought the second thing I want us to look at through this text. Let's look at verse 8. Verse 8 says, when Peter said, No, said Peter, you should never wash my feet. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Now, Peter was talking about from a physical way. He was looking more at the physical part. Because Jesus had not died on the cross yet, there were some things his followers or disciples did outwardly to signify their conversion and our love for Christ. They were baptized. Remember, John the Baptist was baptizing everyone first. And then he said, one is going to come that's going to baptize you with, with the fire and the Holy Spirit. He was talking about Jesus, right? And so people who the outward... Um, the outward example of followers of Christ was that they got baptized. And then the second thing is they confessed and believed in their hearts that Jesus was the son of God. That was the other thing. And in Romans 10 and 9, it tells us if you declare with your mouth 
Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Well, Jesus Christ had not been raised from the dead yet. He had not died, but they had to believe because remember that was the deal. That was why it was considered blasphemous because those who were the leaders of the law who did not believe Jesus Christ was the son of God. They wanted to kill him because he said he was the son of God. So those people not only were baptized, they had to go, they had to literally believe the very thing that tradition, tradition and doctrine that they had then this, uh, uh, the doctrine was saying that they were not, he was not the son of God. So they not only had to be baptized, they confessed with their mouths, right? And then, of course, we know later on down the road, then the Pentecost came and then the Holy Spirit was um, given unto mankind. But remember, these people walk with Jesus. Yet descended upon mankind, but Jesus walked with the disciples and his presence could be viewed as spirit as well. So think about it this way. Remember the, the story of the woman with the issue of blood. She touched the hem of Jesus' garment and she was healed. These disciples got to walk with Christ and see and witness the miracles of him every day. Day after day, they witnessed the miracles of Christ, right? And so the spirit of God was living through him already. The Holy Spirit, remember the Holy Trinity and the one and the same. So the spirit of God was there. Holy Spirit was there. It just had not come in us individually, but there were individuals that God anointed and gave the power of the spirit of God. So the second thing I want us to understand, we're talking about how do we trust Jesus Christ, the power of trusting him. First, we got to have, we got to model him. How are you going to trust something that you don't believe in enough to model it? The second thing is, you know, so there's a character requirement and then there's a spiritual requirement. You got to believe that he is who he is. See, Jesus, you know, when Peter talked about, you know, Lord, um, in verse eight, you know, um, and he said, you know, you, you don't, you shouldn't be washing my feet. And Jesus said, unless I wash you, you have no part of me. See, Jesus, God was, Jesus was just simply setting it up. There is a, you know, Peter was looking at the physical part. Jesus was looking at the spiritual requirement, which was a heart thing. See, you can't have part of Christ if you don't believe in him and belief comes through what you confess in your heart, not just with your mouth. So how can you push through the pain in your life if you're not trusting the God that you serve and you cannot trust him if you don't model him? You cannot trust him if spiritually you don't believe that he is who he says he is. Amen. That's the third thing. There is a character requirement. There is a spiritual requirement of trusting Christ. Because watch this. Later on, and I want you to understand, someone who, who may be a the theologian or someone who studies the word, or if you go back and you want to study, and you may say, well, you know, Peter, Peter was wow. You know, I like to say Peter was the gangster of the crew because, you know, we got to remember, even when we become saved or we give our lives to Christ and we follow him as disciples, we still have who we are, our personalities, Right. They, it, it just becomes different in the context of now that the spirit of God is living in us. But Peter was the person that, you know, he when when the soldier came to try to get Jesus, he chopped off the soldier ear. He was like, you ain't getting next to my God. You know what I'm saying? And most people was like, well, Peter was fine. Listen, let me stop you guys there. Let's let's be real. When Jesus saved, when we get saved or we, you know, give our lives to Christ, man. That is probably one of the most beautiful things ever. But I want you to understand that when he saves us, he saves us. Our past is our past. He knew who we were. He knew who, who Peter was. And watch this. Somebody said, well, why he, he said on, on Peter, I'll build. You are my rock, Peter. On you, I build my church. That was because Peter loved God. Not that the other disciples didn't. You know, John was his beloved. He left his mother in the hands of John. Remember, we all have a part to play in the kingdom of God. 
But th- I'm making this point because sometimes people like to look at people, how they look or their background, and they, they want to qualify or disqualify them based on what they think. Most people would say, man, he gave that job to, Jew, to, to Peter. But you got to understand, in order to be considered a rock, you got to be able to stand strong. See, Peter stood. He was a standard. Even though, you know, again, if you want, if you know the word of God, he says, you know, he denied Christ. Well, we know he didn't deny him in his heart. He denied him because he wasn't trying to die that day. Let's be honest. They were looking for anybody that was part of the disciples of Christ and they were going to kill them. And it was not his time to die. But see, that wasn't his heart. Because Jesus still pointed him as the person that he appointed him as. So I want y'all to remember that. You know, um, be careful of how you view people and qualify or disqualify them. So where are we now? How can you trust him? Are you trusting him? Are you are you getting any help right now on how the power of trusting Christ that we have to have a character trace of Christ, model him so there's a character requirement. There's a spiritual requirement. You got to acknowledge and know and believe that he is who he says he is. You can't trust something you don't believe in. When we go to doctors, we trust those doctors, even though we don't even know them. We don't know where, if they really went to school. We don't know if they came and put on a robe and they came in that room. And we just believe that the system that is set up in place to make sure the checks and balances that we don't get any uh, nuts that come in there and saying that, you know, they're doctors and they really aren't doctors. We we put our faith in in those doctors when we step into those hospitals. Right. We do. But if we're honest, our faith is more in God than it is in the doctors. But we still have enough faith in the doctors to believe through the through the through medical science and through the gifting that God gives those through science that they can help. Amen. So I want us to remember that. And the very last thing I want to say is there is a requirement of love. There is a love requirement. And I want to talk about it from the physical perspective. Because we already know their love requirement is also a spiritual one. Because again, I just showed you through the word of God that, you know, you got to, in order to trust God, you got to believe that he is. That's a spiritual thing, but that's a heart thing. That's a love thing, right? But I'm talking about from a, a physical point. And you know, I love talking about love and love in action, right? So what what do I mean by that? Not just in words. Not just in words or just in deeds. And I want to say this to you because sometimes, you know, we think it's just the words and, and, and it's just the deeds. Because without an authentic love, God says that faith, hope and love, the greatest of these is love, right? One of my favorite scriptures, uh, 2 Corinthians 13 and 13. But he also says, whatever we do, do it in love, Love is an action word. That love is an action word. And we got to be careful of people that bear gifts of love to us. As they say in love. And and we don't really see that, right? We don't really see that. We got to be careful. I think about when the three wise men went to give those gifts to Jesus Christ, when he was born, they honored him. They gave him a love offering or their actions, their physical actions was to bring these gifts before the king. Right. They had sense enough to know these. This was the king that was promised, the savior. Those gifts didn't necessarily benefit Jesus, the baby, because he was a baby, but they benefited his family. So watch this. You know, that was a gift of honor. But they'll have people and they didn't want anything in return. They'll have people that will give you something, but they want something in return. What I want you to always understand is that Jesus Christ searches the hearts of mankind. And this is an area that I, I, I always say to people, you got to understand 
that when Jesus, when we do things, there is always a motive behind it. Either a good motive or a bad motive. Everybody has a motive, including myself. Everybody has a motive. Jesus's motive when he sit that he he washed the feet of his disciples was for them to see him display humility. I mean, as the Son of Man, for him to literally wash the feet of his disciples, that was a lowly job. But his intent was to demonstrate to those who profess to love him and follow him what it was going to require of them to love others. Others that did not look like them. Others that did not think like them. Others that didn't even believe like them. See, he was setting the precedent for the kingdom of God on earth. And the requirement of what they were supposed to do. And he was letting them know. He says, listen, I want you to catch this. He said, now that I've walked, this is verse 14. And this is John 13 and 14. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. So that was the first thing. He said, y'all got to do it to each other. Remember, Judas is part of this team. You got to be able to wash the feet of those that are part of your community. Your family, your church. And washing, I'm not necessarily talking about in a physical way. The spiritual part is you got to put yourself in a, in a place of low, lowly humility and humility. In other words, you got to be able to meet them right where they are. So you can't turn up your nose at someone who 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 life circumstances may not have been what yours are. You know, it's easy to tell someone, which I've heard this a lot in the in the recent times. You know, I've heard leadership, government officials say, if you can't afford to keep your family warm, I think it was a, a governor in, in Texas, I believe, or somewhere where I think it was Texas. Um, and, and, and say, if you can't keep your family warm during a storm, it's not the government's responsibility to help you. He said it's only the strong can survive or something. And I'm paraphrasing it. Terrible. Terrible, terrible, terrible. Terrible time when a leader, and if you're not American, we pay taxes. Tax dollars go to a lot of things in this country. And if we can't look out for one another, because guess what? There's a lot more poor people and working poor than there are rich. And as we see, not in just this country, but countries all over the world, usually the rich and those in power really look out for themselves. And those were the systems that Jesus Christ wanted to abolish in the context of exposing the hearts of mankind. So Jesus was setting them up to understand this is going to require you to love one another. You know, if, if someone says that they're a love of Christ, but they have no tolerance for anyone that looks different from them, that's racism. For someone who political views are different from them, um, whose social economic status is different from them, and, and everything that comes out of their mouth is hate, that's not of God. I don't care if it wears the banner of Christ. It's not of God. You got to remember, the devil knows the Bible. He's not afraid of that. How do we know? How do we know? Check a person's character. If they do something for someone, are they always bragging about how they did something for someone? You know, at the, at the you know, we gotta we gotta understand. We have had some painful times in our in our lives recently. Many people have endured pain after pain, tragedy after tragedy recently. 
So we got to remember that, you know, in order to be able to push through this pain, we got to be able to have the power of trusting Jesus Christ. And ourselves, we got to model, we got to try to model the character traits of Christ. And we got to understand that there's a spiritual requirement. We got to believe that he is the son of God. We got to believe who Jesus said he was and he is. And then there's a physical requirement. We got to love one another in action. We can't be like the story of the in the Good Samaritan where the priest, the person that's supposed to be a follower, a disciple of Christ, walks past the man who had been robbed and beaten on the road. He literally got on the other side and then another person, which was a Levite, saw this man lying on the road who was beaten. And they walked past him and then it took a Samaritan. Why is that so important? A Samaritan was a person that most uh, Jews who were full bred Jews despised because Samaritans, they looked at them as dogs because they were half breeds. They had mixed with an outside race. So, so, you know, people who were full born blooded Jews, they looked down on them. Watch this. But this was the person, you know, the one that they thought they were better than. They, this was the person that saw this man in need, who took the time to bandage up his wounds, not only bandage him up because he could have left him there, put him on his own donkey or animal, whatever it was, bring him to a place of safety, take care of him overnight, put leave him in a place where he can be helped and then paid the bill. See, that's what love in action does you can't trust a God that you don't believe in you can't trust a God that you don't model his compassion you cannot trust a God honestly if you don't model him and I'll share this with you and this is just just a quick you know I always say we have to look at ourselves first but we can also look at those around us just to just to get a gauge of, of who we're around and what we're, who we're surrounded by. If you're around someone and they have no compassion for others and they're animate about how they feel and I feel and they have no compassion, no love, that's not of Christ. I don't care who they say they follow. I'll tell you who they follow. It sure ain't the Christ that I know of in the word of God. Who says love is kind. Love does not envy. It's patient. Love is long suffering. That's the love of God. So you can trust God. While you're going through the pain of life. You can trust him. But in order to trust him. You got to look at like him. You got to begin to see yourself like him. One of the things that I love about this text is that, you know, Peter was such an intricate part of this because it was it highlighted the conversation with him and Peter. See, that's what I liked about Peter. Peter was bold enough to speak to God. We got to be bold enough to speak to Christ. In our private time, we got to pray. We got to say, God, listen, I don't understand what you're doing. Model Christ. And I pray that as you're listening, that you were blessed in, in these, these, you know, three foundational principles. I hope that they help you. You know, uh, you know, we got to put the word of God in action. And we got to be love in action. You know, that's the name of this podcast. Because you know what? You can do things all day long. But if not, if love has not been the model of what you're doing it's null and void. It's null and void. So maybe you're listening and, and maybe you are a believer in Christ. And, and maybe you just have been in so much pain lately that right now you don't even know if God has is hearing you. Or you don't even know what to pray, pray for anymore. Even if your prayers are being answered or even if you want to pray. I want to pray for you. 
I want you to, you know, leave a leave your name in 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 the comments and say, you know, Red, please pray for me. Or if you want to email us, email us at King C. Williams Ministries at Yahoo.com. And I'll pray with you. And I'll pray for you. I have a team of intercessors that we we pray for people. When they send us those things, we pray and we stand with you. And maybe you're listening and you don't know Jesus Christ. You have no, but listen, you're saying, I'm, I'm just tired of the world. I need to know who Jesus Christ is. And the word of God is just simple as Romans 10 and 9 says, if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Because see, him being raised from the dead is the foundation of our belief. He's not a dead God. He's alive. He has risen for you and I. And he's given us the gift of eternal life through rising. So listen, I pray with you. And whatever you want to say to God, listen, the Bible reminds us we all have sinned. Romans 3 and 23, we all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But I promise you, God will never leave us nor forsake us. He never leaves us nor forsake us and I pray that as a result of this word that you were inspired yes I I pray that you are inspired you are empowered and you have been blessed so we thank you for tuning in today and we pray that you were blessed by today's podcast tune in with us weekly right here we are available on most podcast streaming platforms listen spotify google podcast apple itunes podbean app we are on all of them pandora tune in we are available wherever you like to listen to your podcast and listen if you want to connect with us you can check us out on our website www.gracegirl.org if you would like to click on our podcast uh, page there you can go and click on there and you can listen to our podcast if you want to know more about who i am and what i do also check out our website if you would like to contact us you want us to pray for you give us praise reports again our email is kenya c williams ministries at yahoo.com and yes we do have social media check us out on instagram at the agent of love and also at the being love in action podcast again I love you and remember until next time. And now these three remain faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. That's 1 Corinthians 13 and 13. And I am Reverend Kenya C. Williams, the agent of love. And we love you. Peace and blessings. And remember to always give thanks to the Lord for he is good and his love endures forever. Bye-bye. Be blessed until next time. I love you and there's nothing that you can do about it. Until next time, see you later.